With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Season is long. You know this reality, Gary? It's your authentic media. Gary, the class, child will be my mindset of quality. Of an entrepreneur, myself, and I want to who share our heroes. We're going in on this class. Oh. All right, all right. This is um, Mr. Davis. Uh, well, to all the families out there, I just want to let y'all know how important, you know, it would be for you guys to, you know, saying support this platform, you know, raw authentic media. So we could go out, you know, and reach out to more, you know what I'm saying, of a of a higher audience. Um, hey, excuse me, um Don Donnell, can you go ahead and uh, mute Noble Tarani to about right. seven thirty? <clears throat> yeah, so um, it would be very, very, very important, you know what I'm saying, for the family to support us, you know, with this platform. Because what we want to do is have a, a call-in feature to where people could just call in without typing any caller ID, any PIN number, or anything in that nature. But, you know, it's a monthly service charge for that, you know. And um, we'd like to get to the technology, you know what I'm saying, to reach out, you know what I'm saying, massively, to our people in a short amount of time. And we strive, you know what I'm saying, to uh, make raw authentic media as official, you know what I'm saying, as we possibly can. You know, um, we got to invest in cameras, you know, in the whole nine, 99 yards, you know, so we could be official, you know, like CBN News, you know, uh, CNN and stuff of that nature. You know, this is the actual technology, you know, that we need to reach out to the people because the only way that the lie could be ahead of the truth if the lie spread wider and further than the truth. You know, as you see that, the, you know, the arch deceiver, what they do, they spend millions, even billions, on media coverage and things of that nature. These people invest a whole lot of money into the media, you know, because they know how important knowledge is, you know, saying because knowledge is power. In order for them to be more powerful than us, they would have to have amounts of knowledge that we are deprived from as a people. See, the difference between the wealthy and the poor is that 
the poor invest their money into material items, um, things that's a liability. A liability is anything that doesn't produce wealth, anything that doesn't produce money. You know, so basically, you know, liability will basically be buying clothes because, you know, once you buy your clothes, you know, it's going to depreciate. You know, it's not going to add to value after the year. You know, anything that doesn't add on to value is a liability. An asset is something that adds on to value, like gold, silver. You know, through, over the years, you know, the value starts to increase, like stocks, bonds. Over the year, the value starts to increase. And this is part of having an entrepreneur mindset because one of the first things you have to develop is a mindset on how you manage and regulate, you know what I'm saying, your funds, the money that's coming in. You know, entrepreneurs, they realize that they got to take their money and turn their money into an asset, something that's going to produce wealth for them in the future or establish an entity, whether it's a corporation, um, sole proprietor, uh, limit liability company, uh, limit partnership, etc. That's going to be firm into the ground, so firm and deeply rooted to where it could feed their generations. Sound like we got some callers on there. Um, the engineer, please make sure that you monitor, you know what I'm saying, uh, on the dashboard, man. What? So, so so we can minimize, you know what I'm saying, the noise that's coming in. People are going to be calling in as time goes on, so make sure you keep your eyes on it. So the mindset of the entrepreneur is establishing an entity that's so deeply rooted that not only that it would take care of their well-being, but it will take care of the well-being of the next generation, and then teach that generation to preserve the entity or assets for the next generation, and so forth and so forth. You know, this is called investing in assets. So, as I was mentioning earlier, people who are considered poor monetarily, they invest their money into liabilities. Now, one of the most important things you could purchase is knowledge. Wealthy people go shopping for knowledge. And they go beyond searching for, you know, knowledge that's merely in the book. Like a lot of us, we spend like maybe $20, $30 into a book, you know, as far as $300 into a book. And we believe that we ultimately on the right path. But the wealthy, they go shopping for seminars. Now teach them how to transfer their wealth. The wealthy invest their money into workshops. The wealthy invest their money into courses that teach them how to regulate, manage, and produce assets. 
so that they could take care of their well-being and possibly the well-being of the next generation. Okay? Just so we can keep that clear. So time is very important, what you do with your time. You know, you got to be one of the qualities that an entrepreneur have is time management. If time wasn't important, then why do you get compensated for your time as far as wages is concerned, you know, things of that nature, which is really, you know, um, the least effective method, you know what I'm saying, of producing wealth is to producing wealth through wages. But if you, it's like if you go to a job and you let them pay you $8 an hour, $10 an hour, et cetera, that's basically how much you sold yourself for. You sold yourself for $10 an hour. So, you know, raw authentic media have been erected for about a couple of years now. And um, we've been down for about 11 months. And one of the reasons, you know what I'm saying, why we've been active for that amount of time is that, you know, I had to invest my time, you know, into taking care of my well-being, you know what I'm saying, to us, you know, a wreck you know what I'm saying, corporations, you know what I'm saying, business deals and stuff in that nature, I had to produce wealth because, you know, I wasn't receiving, you know, the support that I thought I'd be receiving, you know what I'm saying, from the people who been blessed, you know what I'm saying, to, um, you know, have the opportunity of me sharing some of my wisdom and knowledge to them. So, um, you know, I'm just simply, you know, asking whenever, you know what I'm saying, you have it, you know what I'm saying, in your possession, you know what I'm saying, to please make a donation to Raw Authentic Media so we could grow and, you know, take care, you know what I'm saying, of all the brothers, you know what I'm saying, who participate in, you know, and I'm also, you know, putting their time into making sure, you know, that um, this venue perpetuates. Okay, so the mindset of an entrepreneur, let's begin with that. First of all, what is an entrepreneur? See, a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that an entrepreneur is a business owner. And that's one of the most incorrect statements you can make. Because if I was to purchase a business, a brick-and-mortar business, and it was just me and nobody else, you know, running and managing this business, at that state, it would not make me an entrepreneur, but it's somebody who is self-employed. 
Because let's say that you start a business and you have to be at in the hours of operation of your business is Monday to Friday, 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. If you have to come to that business every day, five days out of the week, from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., then you're self-employed. You're not truly, you know what I'm saying, an entrepreneur. And if you try to restrict yourself only to that industry or only to that business and don't grow out and branch out to other opportunities as far as business is concerned, then you're not an entrepreneur. You're self-employed. What's the difference of the mind state between the person who will open up a market on one single damn corner and stay there for 30 years in comparison to an individual who will erect, you know what I'm saying, a um, business in Washington and then go out and erect another business in Atlanta and then go out and erect another business in Chicago then go out and erect another business in Minneapolis. And in the 30 years turn, this guy spread his business into over a thousand locations. What's the difference between the mindset between both of those people? I look at it as this, as a shame. When I see somebody who's been in business for 30 years and they look like there haven't really been no growth. You know, maybe throughout the years they remodeled, you know what I'm saying, the business. You know, they upgraded, you know, and stuff in that nature. But that's the same thing you do if you was to own a house. It's the same thing, you know, same concept. But the difference between the two mind state between both of them individual is the individual who in the 30-year span could erect thousands of companies prior to a person who just only erected one company and stayed within that company for 30 years. The difference in the mindset is that the quality that the person who erected his business into thousands of locations, he have an enterprising mindset. He have a mindset that is not complacent. He have a mindset of always trying to climb as high as he can. And when he thinks he's on top of the mountain, he look for he or she looks for a taller mountain to climb. And a taller mountain to climb. And a taller mountain to climb. And don't get complacent with just Mount Everest, metaphorically. So that's the difference between these two mindsets. So let's go back a bit. A person who all start a business and have to be at that business all the time is just self-employed. Because what an entrepreneur would do, 
In actuality, an entrepreneur do not own businesses. They run businesses. They create businesses. They create business opportunities and job opportunities for people. Okay? Some may be a little confused by that. An entrepreneur will create a business and have somebody else manage it. Because if you were to start a business and you at that business and, you know what I'm saying, you're taking care, you know what I'm saying, of, you know, the finances, you know, and you're taking care of the security, you know, and you're taking care, you know what I'm saying, the inventory, then you are doing the job of a manager. So a lot of people are really self-employed managers. They start a business and they become self-employed managers. When the entrepreneur, he creates a business and he gives an opportunity for somebody to become a manager of that business, for somebody, you know what I'm saying, to become a treasurer of that business or a chief financial officer, you know. And he gives opportunities as far as jobs, you know what I'm saying, for people, you know, to um. You know, just say if it was a grocery store to be cashiers, you know, baggers, you know, warehousemans, you know, anything in that nature. Okay. Now, let me bring a little more clarification. Some people will say, what are you talking about? An entrepreneur creates businesses. He runs businesses, but he don't own them. <laughs> Okay, let's go ahead and uh, mute some of the callers that just now calling in. Yeah, this is Cecil. All right, how's it going, brother? Yeah. So, Donnell. All right. So, has anybody ever wondered? What's the difference between a founder and a CEO? Hmm. A founder is a person who creates a corporation. Okay. A CEO is a chief executive officer. When you look at the occupation of some people who control corporations. Some may be founder slash CEO, or they may just be the founder, or they may just be the CEO. McDonald's, for instance. Ray Kroc was the founder of McDonald's. And today, Ray Kroc is not the CEO of McDonald's. Ray Kroc you know what I'm saying, is not the owner of McDonald's. Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's, but today Ray Kroc don't have anything to do with McDonald's. He was just the founder. He was a true entrepreneur. He created something, and he ran McDonald's, and um, he basically, you know, let other people you know, operate it and manage it. Okay? 
So now, add a little bit more clarification to this. How do one become a chief executive officer of a corporation? See, entrepreneurs, they own corporations. Entrepreneurs are not sole proprietors. The legal entity that you will adapt on your quest of becoming an entrepreneur is the LLC, Limit Liability Company. Because that's a legal entity that you need to erect into your transformation of a corporation. Because to be considered a corporation, you will have to have a certain amount of employees or people being involved into that entity. And usually the minimum requirement is 100. But we can't speak federally in regards to that because it determines um, what the state law is in regards to that legal entity that's being created. But um, what is a legal entity? A legal entity is, you know, basically a business structure that you decide to select. You know, sole proprietor, usually for a person who just running the business on their own, they don't have any any employees. Limit liability company is two or more people. Limited partner is about one or two people. And then you got an S corporation, which I believe is a corporation that you start where people can invest shares in. And then you have a corporation, which is a company that have, you know, hundreds of people employed. But let me go back to my question. What makes one a chief executive officer, CEO? Usually the person who controls a corporation is the one who invests in the most shares in that corporation. So when you have a corporation where people can buy shares, then that entity is not owned by a single person. It's owned by each individual that owns a share into that corporation. So if a person buy the most shares into a corporation, that means that that individual, you know, um, obviously have more ownership for lack of a better word, of that corporation. And that's why they are the, are the, are, are the chief when it comes to the rules and the regulation of that corporation. So what are some of the qualities of an entrepreneur? Entrepreneur is assertive, which means that when they see an opportunity, they go with it. They don't procrastinate. They don't say, Oh no, I'm gonna wait till Friday. And the opportunity they seen was on Wednesday. An entrepreneur know that in order to manifest anything, he would have to start at that very moment. If you won't if you won't um say you own a business and you want your business to grow to like fifty locations in twenty years. 
then you got to start doing that now. And maybe you don't know how to do it now. But you will educate yourself, and that's taking the step to learn how to do it. And then your next step was to apply what you learned. Learn more, and then apply that. Learn more, and then apply that. You go as you learn. You understand? A lot of us want to do things, but we don't know how to do it. But we don't have the mindset of an entrepreneur because an entrepreneur knows how important knowledge is. Knowledge is power. An entrepreneur would spend how much it takes to receive the information that he needs to reach his or her goal. And they got to spend $1,000 for the information. Boom. Believe it or not, it's information that's being sold for 1000 $5,000, This is one of the ways that they keep people from impoverished communities from knowing a certain knowledge. You know, saying that people who, you know, have, have wealth are able to access so here we go, humanity, going to bookstores, reading about business, and not knowing that, that all that information that we receive from the, you know what I'm saying, from the stores and all the information we receive for, for a very small fee, you know what I'm saying, and this information that we receive, you know, from books is a very low degree of knowledge. It's not enough knowledge to empower you enough to where you can do what the powerful is doing. Knowledge is power. Remember that. Okay? So the mindset of the entrepreneur is that I'm going to accomplish my goal no matter what they have these qualities of that mindset is determination and persistence determination is i'm going to keep on moving regardless of the obstacles no matter how hard you make it on me i'm going to keep on going no matter how many times i fail i'm going to keep on going no matter how embarrassed i get i'm going to keep on going no matter how many mistakes I make, I'm going to keep on going. No matter if I completely went the wrong way and I got to turn my ass back around and go the right way, I'm going to keep on going. That's the determination. That's the quality of an entrepreneur. Persistence means that I'm never going to give up. I'm not going to give up. Drop bombs on me. Shoot me up. Burn my house down. Even though I'm probably over-exaggerating, blowing things out of proportion, 
But it's to that extreme that they don't give up. They may fail in the face of a wide audience. Every Millions of people may see they fail. But they keep the dignity, keep the pride, keep the resentlessness, and they keep on going forward. They take all them shots. Mindset of an entrepreneur is somebody who's willing to take every shot, every blow, every hit that comes at them. And when they get knocked down, they get back up and they keep on going. They break, they have the determination that they don't care, oh, about them being discriminated because of their ethnicity group, their skin color, their class, their background, the wealth that they have now. They got the quality, you know what I'm saying, of, uh, what should I say? Peer inspiration. They're inspired into what they do. Their inspiration is a source of their fuel. Inspiration is a source of their energy. So, um, I got my brother, Noble Terrell Eileen Bay, on this phone with me. And, um, Briefly, I'm going to have him go ahead and explain a corporation, you know what I'm saying, from a lawful perspective. Because what you got to understand is that you, as a human being, is considered a corporation. So, Donnell, can we go ahead and um, unmute Noble Terrell? You there with us, God? Peace, peace in Islam. Can you hear me? Yes, along by Islam. Go ahead, God. All right. When the brother's trying to explain to you, is it that your body, your, 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 uh, the woman that you come from, in the hospital and when you're born does not know that you are made into a corporation upon your birth. As soon as you're born, you're uh, given a birth certificate, which is a Citus Trust. Citus Trust is a what we call a debt instrument. And you'll see a name on that in all capital letters. The manifest for like a ship. And from there, money is borrowed in your name and you're a corporation. And you see your name in all capital letters. That's like debt, like corpse. So the entrepreneurs basically people who would maybe be taking your social. Not all the time. But yeah, all the time because you're you're, you're on your job 
your employer becomes your creditor because you give him your social. Whoever you give your whoever give your social to, your sadiki trust, you reach your trust, trust over to them, and you become the debtor. That's how you become the debtor. And not knowing that you're a corporation, and not knowing that the back of your social security card is a sadiki trust. It's matching in front of the dollar bill. Where the seal is at? Eleven, eleven, seven to eight numbers. So you yourself are a corporation. Once registered in the hospital, Regis is the king. Who is the king? Registered. So your birth certificate is your registration, and the leaning insurance on that is steady key to Social Security. You yourself are told not to give nobody that, but every place you go, people ask you for that. And all type of unilateral contracts are created behind your back. Lack of disclosure of this evidence is a charge that they cannot fight or deny. But you have a lot of uh, 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 credit. And your credit would be at zero. You don't give nobody your credit. That's what they do when they take your credit. Each each statement is a matter of 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 of, of fact that you are a corporation, and and the world is run by entrepreneurs who control corporations. Control is the word. Only only things. In fact, the matter. When people think they own cars, own boats, own property, why do they have to register it? Who do they register it to? You can't own anything if you own. So this is how they own people. So our people need to be entrepreneurs so they can take advantage of the benefits of it. Because once you have a business or a corporation, you incorporate your corporation into employees, and then you are paying employees. You can get all that money back in three years. You don't have to pay your employees because it's all a fiction. It's all created from their birth certificate and their Social Security. 1099A, 1099OID, OID first. And you will see that when you're working at a job, they'll give you money, or what they call money because it's not real money. Fiat, this paper, promissory notes. And they give you promissory notes, and you don't realize that after three years, they get all all of the gross back, all of the net back that they gave you on these forms. When you sign up for a job, look up the word UCC1 and notice that that's a unilateral contract, as is the 1099 OID, 1099A. And UCC1 is created or given, or, or given to somebody or registered with the state or the federal government as soon as you give your Social Security card, as soon as you give up your trust. A UCC1 is created on, on, on you. And from there, you go into oblivion with whoever you give your Social Security card to, whoever you give your number to. Because this person now is your creditor, 
but that didn't tell you that really they didn't have any money in the bank. Um, they have labor for you to work for wages, but but that doesn't mean that they uh, are paying you necessarily. For what I just explained, um, and once again, it's no gold and silver. So what are they giving you? And you never get what's a promise to, uh, uh, to be paid because it's a promissory note. That's a long story. That's a, a whole other class of dollar bill and, and how how it's uh, worth more than the five and the ten and the twenty and how the back of the dollar bill is worth uh, one tray ounce of silver on the private side. Because entrepreneurs would be in the private. Entrepreneurs would not be in the public. So if you find yourself that you're in the public, then you can't be an entrepreneur in the public. Because your wealth, your control deals with you coming out of the private, controlling the public, and being in control of the public from the private sector. The public would be municipal. The public would be the police. If you have a trust, you're in the private. And once they get, get on the private side of that trust, you can't be touched. Because jurisdiction over you will, will, will diminish on the private side. Because jurisdiction is not over the private side. Jurisdiction is over the public side. To take it to, the, to a former street, it's up to an example. If you notice the people that sell drugs, if you sell drugs to somebody that you know, that's private. They don't have no jurisdiction over that. That's why they have to send somebody, an undercover cop, in, whatever, to bring the, the people into the public. That's why I have to keep asking you, what's your name? What's your Social Security? Because they're bringing you into the public. You're in the private and don't even know it, but you weren't told you had 30 days to take over that trust. Set off and 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 deal with all of your debts, and you wouldn't have yet. They 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 taking all the credit and giving you the debt of your own trust. So when you're born, they deal with uh, admiralty law, and you notice the police. Well, that sounds like something underwater, and birth has to do with, like, a ship leaving the dock after birth. That's B-E-R-T-H. Then we got B-I-R-T-H in the hospital. And this is where this all starts. Because the water that you that the mother breaks is counted as a birth of a ship once it manifests. is signed by the mother. Okay, thank you. A million dollars is is, is is borrowed. And so the people that are over 21, 25, 26, y'all are worth billions of dollars. That's why they keep asking for your socials. And when they can take okay. it on the private side, that's billions of dollars. Okay, they, can, they just got sites and get into without your knowledge and give you the debt. Because you are the corporation, you are the business. Can y'all hear me? 
Yeah, all right. Well, check this out. All right, all right. <clears throat> do, do, do me a favor. Um, let's go ahead and, um, you know, unmute, you know, saying the first three callers, see if they got any questions or comments that they want to make, you know, or just mute, you know what I'm saying, some, some of the callers. Brother Terrell, you, you were saying that um, we, the the United States is a corporation and we are the business. Let me say that again, brother. You said that uh, you you compared something to the corporation and then we are the business. You were talking about the Social Security. I've been hearing about this for a long time. Um, I got a brother. Um, brother yes, I'm new to this. Huh? I, I, I'm new to this. I never knew that about um, Social Security. Yeah. Who, 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 who is this? Who is this? Um, and this is this Donnell. No, 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 the other person. This is Brother Cecil. Oh, Brother Cecil? Okay. Oh, oh, Cecil. What's up, brother? It, 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 is, my, it is my providence, brother? Yeah. Uh, what's up, Prop City? What's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Proud City in the building. Hey, yo, yo, you, you got a question to come you'd like to make, brother? Yes. Uh, this is talking about entrepreneurship. Right, right. Hey, hey, excuse, excuse me, brother. I, 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 I took a... Hold on, hold on. I give me one second, brother. Give me one second, brother. I, I don't even... I, forgive me for cutting you off, man, but... um. I just, I just, I just want you to tell the little, tell the, tell the audience, man. You know, what I'm saying, uh, you know, how we met, man, or you know, basically where we standing at, just briefly. Well, I met this, I, I met this brother in uh in uh in college, in the community college. He walked into the, to the lab, and he was looking nice with his nice hat and trench coat. And I was looking at him, I was like, man, this man looked like he already done with school. And I kept smiling. And he told me to focus on my paper. I focused on my paper. And at the time, I was ahead of him in the math lab. And, he, and then it, after a while, I had some struggles. He ended up becoming my, uh, my tutor. And right now, he's my tutor. And I'm doing, a little, I'm doing a little bit well with the help of my father and him. And I'm passing my math, my math class right now. And by next semester, I'll be done with the math class, and that's how we met. Right, right, right. All right. Thank you very much. Just, just to let y'all know, you know what I'm saying. The math tutoring is official. So, yo, uh, brother Darnell, man, we, 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 we got some noise in the background, man. I'm pretty sure we got some new callers calling in. Let's go ahead and uh, mute them right quick. So, so go ahead, yourself, brother. I know, I know you got your questions. So, go ahead, <clears throat> brother Cecil. Yeah, make sure we unmute that brother because he had a question. Uh, he's unmuted. Everybody's unmuted in the room. Oh, oh no, 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 no. We can't unmute everybody. We 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 do. We gotta unmute people one by one. Only person who should be unmuted right now, man, is me, you, Noble, Terrell, Ali, and that brother. And after he asks his question, we're gonna go ahead and uh, ask a, ask a couple of more questions. So, brother Cecile, can you hear us, man? Yeah. Okay, all right, so go go ahead and ask your question, brother. Okay. As an entrepreneur, when we see an opportunity, is it more or less taking an opportunity as the same effect as uh, making a risk? Beautiful question, beautiful question. 
And that's one of the mindsets, you know what I'm saying, that you got to have, you know what I'm saying, as an entrepreneur, man. First of all, man, you got to develop a mindset of being able to take a loss and being able to cope with that, you know what I'm saying, being able, you know what I'm saying, to take a risk, knowing, you know what I'm saying, that there's a possibility that you can lose money, you know what I'm saying, but you got to psychologically adopt that. And one of the ways I do it, everybody got their own method, but, you know what I'm saying, because you already know, you know what I'm saying, you know, you already know about my business, brother, Cecil. But anyway, at, at the business that I have now, you know, um, you know, there's good days and there are bad days. But there are days, you know what I'm saying, where, you know, I may not, you know what I'm saying, make my money back, you know, just a day, you know what I'm saying, where I may not make my money back. And the way, you know what I'm saying, that I deal with this is that I know that eventually I'm going to hit the jackpot. I think in business, I know I'm going to hit the jackpot. So the money, you know what I'm saying, that I probably lost, you know what I'm saying, at, you know what I'm saying, at a short period of time, eventually I'm going to get it back, you know what I'm saying, three, ten, you know what I'm saying, four folds. You know, because there's times, you know what I'm saying, where, you know, I may lose a little bit of money, but I know that, you know, like today, I mean, this weekend, you know what I'm saying, I mean, I done hit, I done hit the jackpot twice, you know, and I didn't, I didn't really lose much money this month. I, I lost a very small amount of money, you know what I'm saying? But then I got that money back and tripled, you know what I'm saying, of the loss, you know what I'm saying, that I had, you know what I'm saying, just just recently. So you got to understand that, you know, you got to take a loss, man, sometimes to take a gain, you know what I'm saying? And it's not really a loss until you lose and you don't lose until you give up going back to one of the qualities that an entrepreneur has is persistence. They don't give up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, brother. Um, thanks, thanks for calling in. So let's go ahead and um and, and take in another caller. All right, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. And let's just take in one more question. Any more questions? Well, you got to unmute the people one by one and ask them. You got to call them by their city. Illinois, you got a question? No, I'm just listening right now. All right. Let, let, let's ask two more people. If they don't have a question, then I'm going to go ahead and proceed. All right. That's how we got in the room. All right. Cool. So, basically, man, uh, the mindset. Uh, it goes back to, uh, you know what I'm saying, what Noble Lean Bay, you know what I'm saying, was saying earlier. You know, um, the brother had mentioned that um, – <clears throat> About about the human being being a corporation, but there's one thing you know what I'm saying that that we have to understand is that um a lot of these corporations are sovereign. You know this is one of the reasons why these people you know what I'm saying are able to get tax breaks. You know this is one of the reasons you know what I'm saying why these people seem like they above the law. Like, a lot of corporate owners, you know what I'm saying, the corporations, they break a lot of laws. You know what I'm saying? A lot of laws, you know what I'm saying, is being is being broken, you know what I'm saying, by a lot of these corporate owners. You feel me? And, you know what I'm saying, because they're sovereign. I mean, all you got to do is look up the Panama Papers. You know what I'm saying? The Panama Papers, man, you know, what they did is, you know, they created, you know, a, a trust-like account, which they call an offshore account, and they pump in, 
you know what I'm saying, all of their, you know what I'm saying, money into these accounts. So usually this money that they pump into their accounts, you know what I'm saying, is a tax money, you know, and they turn around, you know what I'm saying, and, um, you know, declare, you know what I'm saying, them not having any, any income taxes. You feel me? Because, you know, they, they basically set up their, their their business, their legal entity, you know what I'm saying, such as a, such as a sovereign corporation. You know, because if, if, if you're a wealthy corporation, you know what I'm saying, like, um, like um, let's say, you know, Facebook or Google, you know, you got enough money, you know what I'm saying, to buy shares, you know what I'm saying, from yourself. Because, I mean, we, we registered as a corporation when we signed a birth certificate. You know what I'm saying? That that you register with the state. You know, the the the, 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 the type of business that you register for, the legal entity that you register for, you know what I'm saying, was basically a what? Uh, a corporation. So when your parents signed out that that, that that birth certificate, they signed you over, you know what I'm saying, as a corporation. You feel me? And people invested in shares. So in order to really take care, you know, take over your life, man, you know what I'm saying, you, you got to purchase all those shares, you know what I'm saying, of your corporation or at least the most shares, which really, you know what I'm saying, give you the most power, you know what I'm saying, authority of your life, or you could, you know what I'm saying, eradicate the birth certificate, you know what I'm saying, altogether. You know, I, I, I don't know, you know what I'm saying, that make, if that makes sense or not, you know. <clears throat> so... Now, going back to, you know, what the brother was asking, I want to emphasize a little bit, you know what I'm saying, on risk. You know, that's one of the mindset, you know, that that entrepreneur, you know what I'm saying, got to have, that they got to be willing, you know what I'm saying, to take risk. You know, they have to be willing, you know what I'm saying, to overcome, you know, fear. Because a lot of times, you know, when we begin, you know what I'm saying, to start, you know what I'm saying, another business, you know, a lot of fear, you know, will start to arise, you know, and mainly, you know, it's the fear of risk, you know, and it's the fear of losing money. But if you're doing something because of money, you know, it's really, you're really not going to do your best effort because you creating a business or becoming an entrepreneur, there should be two reasons why you should become an entrepreneur. Reason number one is that you're very inspired about something and you want to transform that inspiration, you know, uh, into monetary gain. You know, you want to make that inspiration a way of life because, you know, every day when you wake up in the morning, you know what I'm saying, you're happy. You know, when you wake up in the morning every day, you know what I'm saying, it's something, you know what I'm saying, that, that you enjoy doing and it don't feel like torture. You know, when you get up and you got to work for a job that you don't feel like doing every day, you know what I'm saying, that that, that, that starts to feel like torture, you know what I'm saying, at that moment. You feel me? You start, start feeling like you're being tortured when you wake up every day and you're doing something that you love doing, you know, then you feel like, you know what I'm saying, you wouldn't have it. You know, so there's a million ways of making money. You know, and uh, so what you got to do is you got to organize your lifestyle into a way 
to where you make money. But you got to take whatever you aspire to doing, whatever your talent, you know, it could be, you know, graphic designing. You know, it could be, you know, uh, you know, tutoring. You know, it could be, uh, it could be music. And, you know, you love doing this, you do this all the time, but you got to organize it and structure it a way to where it can take care of your well-being. So, so you're doing what you love doing, you're doing what you want to do, and that taking care of your well-being. It's not necessarily looking at it as making money, but taking care of your well-being. You know, and inspiration will give you a whole lot of energy, you know, to to basically accomplish anything, you know what I'm saying, that you're focused on. You know, the inspiration will give you that energy. So when people do something that they're very inspired about, they find out that they become very wealthy. You know, they they become, you know what I'm saying, millionaires, you know what I'm saying, they become, you know what I'm saying, trillionaires. You know, but at the same time, that also have to do with, you know what I'm saying, how they manage their time, you know, and, and how they, you know, say organize, you know, their profession, you know, and things of that nature, and the risk, you know, what I'm saying the sacrifice they take, because the mindset of the entrepreneur is the greater the risk, you know, what I'm saying the greater the reward. So we know this. So we know the more risk we take, the greater the reward. You know, what I'm saying we make. You know, in other words, so that's number one, uh, to do something that you're inspired doing. Uh, number two reason of uh, being an entrepreneur is you want to accomplish your dream. It's about accomplishing your dream. So let's just say that, you know what I'm saying, you had dreams of owning your own business, you know, you, or you had dreams of starting a corporation, you know, a grocery store, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a modeling agency, you know, anything in that nature. You know, that's your dream. So when you take this plunge into becoming an entrepreneur, you got to realize that you got to make that dream manifest by every mean necessary, regardless of the risk, regardless of how much money you got to put up or anything in that nature. You know, you got to go towards making the stream manifest. So, you know, that's what it's about. And eventually when you stay to something long enough, you know, you're going to figure out, well, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And once you figure, and once you avoid doing what you shouldn't do, and embrace doing what you should do, then, you know, automatically, you know what I'm saying, the money should be coming in. You know what I'm saying? Millions, you know what I'm saying? Billions, trillions, you know. It all depends on how much energy you put into it as well. And we got to remember, one, the quality that an that entrepreneur will have is inspiration. You know what I mean? So that's the energy that they have, you know what I'm saying, to keep on, to keep on doing their, you know what I'm saying, doing what they got to do diligently. You know, and one of the mice, another mindset that an entrepreneur, you know what I'm saying, have to embrace 
is, um, you know what I'm saying, the mindset of um, of um, sacrifice. You know, you, you, you got to realize, man, that there's some things you got to sacrifice, you know. You, 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 you got to sacrifice some of your friends, you know. Let's go ahead and um, unmute some of the callers, man. I'm hearing some, you know, noise in the background. But you know, you gotta, you got, you gotta sacrifice, you know, all of your friends. You know, you have to, all of your friends who, not contributing, you know, towards the path that you're trying to go to. You know, you gotta sacrifice them. You gotta sacrifice some of your bad habits. You know, the bad habits that are avoiding you you know, to accomplish what you want to accomplish. You know what I'm saying? That had to be sacrificed. You know, you had to you had to sacrifice, you know, um you know, negative people that that always, you know, talking down on you every time you talk about going up. Like you say you want to start something and, and they just tell you all type of negativity. Oh, that's not gonna work, you know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna be able to do that and blah blah blah, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and things of that nature. You know, these people, you know what I'm saying, you gotta sacrifice them, you gotta sacrifice conversating, you know, with these people. You know, things in that nature. So that's another mindset, you know, you gotta develop, you know, as a as an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? And and it's time management, you know, there's certain things that we do throughout the day, you know, that's not going to get us to where we got to go, you know. So some things got to be sacrificed. The people that we're dealing with that's not going to get us to where we got to go, you know, and it, and it may be hard sacrificing some of these people because some of these people are going to be friends, you know, others going to be family members, you know. And I, and I know it's a difficult thing, you know, saying to, to sacrifice your relationship with your friends and your family members, but if they pre- preventing you, you know what I'm saying, from accomplishing your dreams and doing what you're inspired by doing, then you got to get rid of them, you know. And like I said, that, that, that should be your whole purpose uh being an entrepreneur anyways, you know, to, to make a well-being of something that you're inspired to do and, um, you know what I'm saying, manifesting your dream, having the power, you know, to make your dream, you know, a possibility. You know, so equalities, let me rephrase them, persistence, determination, inspiration, you know, and um, diligency, another quality, you know, that you got to have. You know, you got to have, you know, the quality, man, of being a warrior, a fighter, man. You know, you, you got to defend you know what I'm saying, your path as an entrepreneur, you know, mentally, spiritually, physically, you know what I'm saying, things of that nature. Uh, and over to Roy, you still on the call? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, man, so, I mean, you go ahead and, uh, you know, continue what you what you was building on earlier. All right. All right. Try to get it mathematically correct. Your body deals with like organs, right? And so, say you have different organs in your body, 
Your skin is one of them. And being that your skin is 16% of your body, they can get you to call yourself a skin color and incorporate that. Not just call yourself that, but incorporate it totally without your knowledge through the senses. For example, the last census that we had had Negro on it, black, African-American. In 1963, it had Negro. 1968, Afro-American. 1975, they put black on it. And they put African-American in 1989. Therefore, that's a lack of nationality. So those people who have a lack of nationality are incorporated into this matrix without their knowledge. Because they're led to call themselves outlaw or out-of-the-law status or creative fictions. So this is how they make money, meaning that when they had integration in the 50s and the 60s, what they needed was was for our people to incorporate themselves into their credit system, which is Social Security. That's the credit system. Because what they do is they take the trust, and they siphon the credit from it and give the people the debt. As the people think that they're going into these places and the place is loaning them some money or giving them a job, thank you, they don't have any money. So where do they get it from? Where do they cut the check from? They actually cut the check from your own trust, from your own Social Security, and birth certificate. Therefore, the CNA came as a creditor on a contract. Thinking, okay, this guy loaned me $500,000 or I got a credit card or whatever it is. But they're giving me something. They're lending me something. No, they're not. They're taking it from you and giving it back to you. So that means you incorporate it. Entrepreneurship will relate definitely, let's say, the President of the United States. He told you not to own anything, but control everything. And the owner is the debtor. That's why I own a car. So you have to pay, register the car, and pay tickets and pay uh, uh, for, for mechanical repairs so he owns the car. Does he have insurance on the car? He owns the car, so he have insurance on the car. Does he have insurance to come take the car? Does he have registration to come take the car? How does he own the car? But does he only own the debt? Very important to understand this, to be a creditor, an entrepreneur. 
Sovereignty is the private side. So you want to be a creditor. You want to learn exact, exactly what's going on to, with your with your uh, with your credit. What really is going on with your credit? And uh, knowledge of trust, because to be successful in business and not know the business that's coming out your roots, coming out of your soul, being created from you, then it's a waste of time. Because of course you have employees. You know, it looks like you're paying them. Then you can get the money back. Also, at the end of the year, you're a creditor now. Now you're a creditor. You're going to business. So then, yeah, you lose money. You can write all your losses off as right, you know, you as, as a tax write-off. Because they want you to stay in business as a creditor. So they'll give you back money that you lost. Car expenses, all your expenses, you write them off. You feel me? Because they also you have employees. They don't want you to lose that. Uh, the importance of this, and I state this strongly, is when you go to court, the judge only want to know if you have a job. And that can determine whether or not uh, they give you bail or they, they, they give you a high bail or they, and they lock you up, you know, they remand you, or whether they just let you go ROR. You know, because if you have a job, job they don't want to take you from that. They'll let you go ROR quicker if, it's, if they can. But if you don't have a job, and you got a record, they'll lock you up, give you a high bail, try to incarcerate you as much as you can because you're incorporated into the prison system mainly. And that makes the prison system a lot of money, makes the courts a lot of money, the incorporation of the African-American once they get into the courtroom. So that's what the world is running on. That's what the United States is running on right now. Um, incarceration, bonds from the courthouse and, and tickets, they're running on, on debt. And and siphoning the the, uh, the trust that we are discussing tonight, study key trust, which is Social Security, and site leaning insurance or the site insurance, which is the birth certificate. And we ask you to study this very, very carefully because this is you. This is you. On the back of your Social Security card is a red letter, and that will match the front of any dollar bill. Seal on the left side, Federal Reserve Bank of this, Federal Reserve Bank of that. So when I ask you your social, do you know the back of your social? You know, so that's what you have to know. And that's what I'm asking you, and we're asking you to study what that is and where that, that, where, where that leads to, what road that is. You, you feel me? The yellow brick road. And you'll be surprised. And the knowledge is yours to have. It's not like a, a heavy mathematics. It's, it's, it's just banking, but it's English. And it's just hidden from the public. But you can have this knowledge, and you need this knowledge to be 
He successful entrepreneur. Also, um, in controlling your employees, you will be dealing with the protocols of the elder design. Now, I would recommend that because that's what they tell people that go for the business management school to read. Um, that's a playbook on how the how the world is run right now. But if you follow those protocols, you can be successful in dealing with. Uh, Corporate, corporate employment and your employees and controlling them and having your managers keep them in check. And you're just paying everybody from their social security number, paying everybody from the debt incident, and them not knowing, and you you getting all the wealth from this. Um, right now, Maddie Johnson employs many people, but he also as UCC wants for all of these people because that's what business is today. Anytime somebody gives a social, and you give a social to, to buy uh, their car loan, you give a social to uh, get a mortgage, you still, a UCC one has to be done on you because now you've given me a trust. And you don't know it's a trust, but it's a gold mine. And that's what I'm going to get uh, uh and everything for you. For example, let's say you come for a mortgage and want a $200,000 house, okay? Are you giving me a social and thinking that I have money here in this bank? I'm just going to flip your own trust. I'm going to become the grand beneficiary, and then you're going to become the debtor. And I'm going to write $20 million up in security bonds. $20 million security bonds. And your IRS... My tax bill is going to be your mortgage payment. When you don't pay it, you know, I'll come take the, you know, come take the house and foreclose on you. So how do you own anything like that? How do you own anything like that that you have to register and ensure to who? That's public. All that's in, all that's in the public. And once you're in the public, that means that you are a debtor. And what you want to be is a creditor in terms of entrepreneurship at all times because it's private. You keep, keep your corporation private. That's an LLC. You have a copyright, trademark, and, and, and no one can use what you, what you, what you control, meaning that Alright, so yeah, um do want to go ahead and make a couple of announcements right quick, you know what I'm saying, for the people. Um hey, y'all know that Dick and Beauty magazine getting ready to come out real soon. When that Dick and Beauty magazine gonna be released on um, January, you know, the sixteenth uh this year. And it's gonna have some you know, great information on there, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to have astrology, you know, uh, basically give you tips and advices, you know, on relationships, you know, um, you know the science, you know what I'm saying, of, you know, of, of how to deal with women, you know, um, it's going to give you knowledge, you know, of uh, comedic sexology, 
you know, basically, you know, things about relationships, you know, fashion, women, you know, that a lot of us don't know. So, <clears throat> there's a conscious center, you know, magazine. One thing we got to realize is that we got to tap into every realm of knowledge, you know, to uh, really touch our people. Because the way, you know what I'm saying, that a lot of us is going about, you know, trying to educate the people now, you know, it's it's too too self-centered. You feel me? It's like, you know, we got to branch out to a wider audience, you know, we got to present certain things that our people are interested in, you know, in order to catch their attention into this, you know what I'm saying, into this consciousness. And this is what I mean. So basically, it's like this, man. Like, some brothers, you ain't going to be able to put no type of consciousness into their mind Unless, you know what I'm saying, you do hip-hop. Because some of our people, you know, that's all they listen to. You know what I mean? It's hip-hop. You know what I mean? Then you have, you know what I'm saying, um, our people. We ain't going to be able to touch them, you know what I'm saying, unless, you know, you could come through and cuff some, some consciousness on them, you know what I'm saying, through the sex industry. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or through the entrepreneurship world. You know what I'm saying? Some of our people, you know, that's all they focus on. You know what I mean? They don't want to hear nothing about no no, no history, no metaphysics, you know, no spirituality. You know, none of that stuff is on their mind. You know what I mean? But, you know, you hit them from the entrepreneur type shit, you know what I'm saying, smell some consciousness up in there, and bam, you got it. So it's kind of like, you know, we got to learn how to be a little bit strategic, you know, with the movement, I mean, even if you look at the mainstream conscious community, you know, they're going all up into Hollywood. You know, um, they're, either, they're even a, a hip-hop news channel, you know what I'm saying, when they're coming through, you know, speaking on the hip-hop, you know what I'm saying, from, uh, you know, the conscious level. And then, you know, you got some conscious brothers, you know what I'm saying, spitting bars, you know, um, like, you know, red pill, blue pill, you know what I'm saying, and since the country community been doing this, you know, the audience of the country community grew a lot, you know, since prior to about, you know, 10 years ago. 10 years ago, you know, you didn't have celebrities into this consciousness. You didn't have as many sport players as you have now, you know what I'm saying, into this consciousness. You didn't have people doing what David Banner doing. You know what I mean? And sport players and all the like, you know what I mean, tapping into this consciousness. So it's like, you know, our target market has to be a lot wider, you know, than it is today. And uh, another thing I want to throw out there, all my people that's in the Providence area, make sure you visit Queendom, Personal, and Beauty, Supplies. We're located 120 Madden Avenue. That's Onlyville, 
Rhode Island, 120 Manton Avenue. No, Queendom Beauty and Health Supply Stores. You know, and uh, one of my purpose, you know, tapping into this industry is because I realize that um, the health and beauty industry is a billion-dollar industry. And the people who reaping the benefits of the industry outside of, you know what I'm saying, African and African-Americans is Korean people. You know? So these sisters are giving these people Given another ethnic group people an abundance amount of money, and these people they take them billions and they invest it back into their country. Now, if you go to Korea, Korea pretty nice. Korea is pretty sophisticated. You know, Korea is doing good off that black woman money. You understand? So it's like, if we don't take over this industry, they will. We may not agree, you know what I'm saying, with Sisters Brand Weave, you know, and, and some of the products, you know what I'm saying, that our people is buying, you know, relaxers and things of that nature. But the bottom line is, this is what our sisters are doing. This is where the black dollars are going. You know, we could go ahead and uh, preach against it. You know, we could go ahead and attack it as much as we'll, we like. But the bottom line is they're spending their money on these products and these services. So it's useless for us to just talk crap about the sisters who are doing it. You know what I mean? Is you? I mean that that's not going to take the billions of dollars that's being invested in the Korean community and making it be reinvested in our community. You know, it's not going to do that. So what I like about Rhode Island, Providence in particular, is that this industry is actually dominated by Africans. You know what I'm saying? Um, most of the beauty supply stores that I've seen, you know, what I'm saying enough. Providence Rhode Island area, you know, is owned by Africans. Only see one owned by Koreans. But now, if we used to talk about California and New York, you know, that's a different story. You feel me? So it's kind of like, you know, us Africans, you know, saying uh, we got a good momentum going on on, you know, saying um, dominating this industry here in the city of Providence alone. You know, and uh, I want to go ahead and make sure, you know what I'm saying, that we get a stronghold on that industry and we have the knowledge, you know, of, um, you know, proper, you know, economics. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, you know what I'm saying, have the, have the knowledge, you know what I'm saying, of proper economics. So when we do accumulate the billions of dollars from this industry, it would be spent in a way to where it benefits people of African descent. And 
no billions of dollars to go into rebuilding Africa. You feel me? Because we're living in a country where, you know, it's not too much of our people being lost. It's too much of our people having a strong neck towards supporting their own. Now, we could tell the sister right now, she may already know that she is contributing billions of dollars to Koreans. <clears throat> okay? She may know that. She may listen to Sarnetta TV, you know, listen to Dr. Umar Johnson, you know, and all these other guys out there. And would still walk her butt up into a Korean Judy and Sapon place and get her some hair and some hair relaxers and some nails, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, hair supplies and beauty supplies. Knowing that these brothers say you should support black business, but they'll still do it because there's ugliness that's inside the bottoms heart of our people and is a lot of our people cannot stand seeing another Nubian brother or sister coming up having a position of authority having a position on saying the dominance you know but beautiful thing about you know saying providence is that the Africans dominated that market so much in this city that our people ain't got no choice out here. And that's me, you know what I'm saying, uh, being the owner of a personal health and care business, I can tell you it's very lucrative. Very, 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 very lucrative. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so, yeah, located 120 Matt and Ave, you know what I'm saying, Onlyville, you know what I mean? Come, come check us out. Come check us out. You know, and um, thing is, man, I've been I've been an entrepreneur, you know, down there all my life. You know, since I was a, since I was very young. You know, um, I remember one one of the first businesses I had. You know, saying was a bike. You know, saying repair shop. You know, I was about, you could say, I was about 10 when I started repairing bikes, you know, and I was about, uh, you know, 16, you know what I'm saying, when I started repairing and selling them. But, you know, growing up, I was real good, you know, and, um, you know, rebuilding bikes. You know, and that was like my first form, you know what I'm saying, of um, entrepreneurship because I had a mindset of the entrepreneur and that mindset was me dictating my own life, me dominating my own life, and not having, you know, a system through it for me. In other words, and um, I felt like if I was, you know, to become an employee. It was going to be 
of an entity or a person that I have respect for and that I have love for. You know what I'm saying? And then my commitment to that person, you know what I'm saying, going to be done purely, you know what I'm saying, out of respect. You understand? Because you got you got leaders. I mean, you got people who are leaders. You got people who think they are leaders. You know, the ones who think they are leaders, they are dictators. But actual leaders, you know what I'm saying, have a lot of respect and display a lot of, you know what I'm saying, kindness towards their followers. You know what I'm saying? The relationship is not like, you know, a dictator pleasant type relationship. You know what I'm saying? It's more like a a, a brother-type relationship, you know, a family-type relationship. And the person a lot more older than you, you know, maybe a, a, a parent-type relationship or uncle and a nephew-type relationship. You know, when you feel like you're being guided, you know what I'm saying, by your leader, instead of being dictate, dictated, controlled, or dominated, because, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, we take the lead. And those who take the lead, you know what I'm saying, are leaders. You feel me? But then, you know what I'm saying, some of us got to realize that if we're going to take the lead and expect people to follow, then we got to know where the fuck we're going first. And one of the ways of knowing where you're going when you take that lead is to first become a good student, a good follower. And that's what I've done. You know, I made sure that I had counselors. I made sure that, you know, I had mentors. And if you study many of the successful entrepreneurs, you know, at least about 90% of successful entrepreneurs all had a mentor. All had somebody that led them into the industry that they're in now. Somebody that guided them there. You know, someone who gave them the education that they needed to accomplish their goals. You know, to reach their destiny. And what's sad is that um, there's not too many leaders, I mean, mentors in the urban community. You know, we got children all in the urban community, you know, running around, you know what I'm saying, with no mentors, running around with no counseling, running around, you know what I'm saying, with no true leaders, but dictators. If you ever was involved in game banging or games or anything in that nature, what you will realize is that what we call the big homies, the ones who we thought were supposed to lead us, they really didn't do that. They dictated us. I can speak for myself. You know, I was involved in games. You know, what I'm saying as a as a child, you know, and, and a teenager. I started as a child, and I wised up enough 
to end my career as a game banger while a teenager. And that may sound awkward to a lot of people, especially people coming from the East Coast, where game banging was really introduced to many of them when they was already in their teens or in their adulthood. But in California, you know what I'm saying, people start game banging, you know what I'm saying, the youngest elementary school. You know what I mean? I mean, shit, I, I done got banged on. Growing up in Cali, I done got banged on by kids that was five years old. Believe it or not, I have five-year-old kids walk up to me, no fear in their heart, banging on me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I was blessed enough, you know, to uh, have a brother reach out to me, I was saying as a mentor, and guide me into another direction. You know, when I was about, you know, 16, you know what I'm saying, I was game banking, you know, as young as about, probably, probably about nine years old. You know, they were trying to recruit me when I was seven, you know, but, you know, my mom used to intervene a lot. But I was basically exposed to the lifestyle all my life. You know, my my mother's side of the family, you know what I'm saying, they was all gangsters, you know what I mean? So as far as I can remember, you know, that's all I've seen. Not what I was around. That was a lifestyle, you know what I'm saying, I was exposed to. So I could tell you that my big homies didn't leave me. What they did was they tried to dic they dictated my life, you know what I'm saying, and the life of many other young brothers. You know, they told us to steal, you know, they told us to rob. You know what I mean? They taught us to beat people up, and they taught us to do other things. I'm not going to mention on the line. But you know what gangsters do. You know, and um, a good leader ain't going to lead you toward destruction. And that's exactly what the dictators led us to, destruction. Hitler, he was a dictator. What did he do? He led his people toward destruction. He led people toward destruction. Because the life of a game bring ain't nothing but destruction. You know? Stuff that our dictators tell us to do, aka big homies, you know, have us in the penitentiary. You know what I mean? Have us you know, dead. Have us shot up. Stabbed up. We become convicts. So by the time we, you know what I'm saying, we hit 18 and we already fucking up our records. We're strong on robbery. You know, attempted murder. You know, all these crazy ass crimes that if it's an employer, look into your resume. And, oh, no, we are not hiring this monster. But now, you know what I'm saying, you in your early 20s, you done fucked up majority of your life. So now the only opportunity you have left is crime. So what many young brothers think, you know what I'm saying? In uh, my early 20s, you know, I had older people that led me towards that direction to where, you know, kind of fucked up my record. So... I was left with only one choice because I know that growing up, you know, um, 
wasn't going to be too much of a good possibility in me getting no job. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was one of them miniature societies, you know what I'm saying? It, you know, they, they look at my resume, ooh-wee! <laughs> ooh-wee! Oh, no, we're staying away from that one. So my only choice was to become entrepreneur. Because I realized no matter what you do in society, they cannot stop you from being an entrepreneur. Society cannot stop you from being an entrepreneur. You can have the worst record in the world. You can have the most severe penalized crime on your record, but society cannot stop you from becoming an entrepreneur. Bottom line. So for all my brothers out there and sisters who feel like there ain't no hope for you in society because you're a felon, you know what I'm saying, uh, I got a terrible record or whatever it is, I'm here to tell you that you can become an entrepreneur. Once you develop the mindset and the qualities. Now, although I had uh, my run-ins, Believe it or not, I was still able to get jobs. Now, how did that happen? See, one of the qualities of an entrepreneur is that they're a thinker. They're always thinking outside the box. They're always analyzing. They look at things from many different angles. Because if they don't, then their career as an entrepreneur or as a vendor maker to be destroyed overnight. So you got to be a thinker. That's one of the qualities you have to have to be a thinker. So I realized that um, if I could find something and master it, To the point where it can't be resisted, then I may have a chance into society. So I start thinking, what is it that um, everybody needs, and then again, everybody can supply? What is it, what skill it is that everybody having a difficult time mastering? What skill is it that everybody needs? And the light bulb popped up to my head. Bing, 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 bing. And it was mathematics. You know, but that wasn't the reason why I mastered the subject. I actually felt in love with this subject 
I first started to embrace mathematics because throughout my whole life, you know, I've been a very diligent study uh, studier of religion and spirituality and history. And um, you know, I've been studying the subject since I was a teenager, so you know, my IQ in the subject, you know, is is beyond average. So I mean, I literally not only studied every religion, but you know, basically, how should I say, rub elbows, you know, saying with people of these religions, like. I rub elbows with the monks. You know what I'm saying? I did a lot with the Muslims. I dance and pray with the Christians. I smoke blunts with the Rastafarians. <laughs> you know, even religion that a lot of people haven't heard about. Maybe, you know, then I mean Hebrew Israelites. Well, you know, a lot of people are familiar with that, but, um, you know, the Black Madonna Shriner, a lot of people are not familiar with that. <clears throat> they Garveyites, Orthodox Christians. I broke bread with them. So, by me studying their books and mastering their books and then living a lifestyle, you know, it wasn't too much about religion that you could have told me. So, I felt like I knew everything I needed to know. Got to the point where it really wasn't nothing else on people could teach me. But then I looked into spirituality. And the same thing happened with spirituality. You kind of reached the top of that subject. So we're like, okay, I know all the philosophical shit, the scientific stuff of this now. But there's something I'm missing. And I found out it was the mathematics that I was missing. I found out that was the key to having overstanding, a more in-depth standing of religion and spirituality. So that was my first gravitation towards the subject. And as I gravitated towards that subject, I studied that subject from every angle, not just how to applicate it, but how it's applied into the world, you know, saying the statistics of it and everything. And I thought that was a subject that not many people have mastered. So what I did was I studied the subject day in, day out, hours upon hours upon hours upon hours. Until I got very good at the subject. And I got so good at the subject that people in the education system, you know, couldn't resist me as a tutor, you know. I've seen that they really, really appreciated you know, my skills and my service. You know, it's like, because you're talking to a person who used to, um, 
try to seek jobs and get rejected, you know, and, um, you know, get the not interested type face, you know what I'm saying, from the individual. You know, they, they, they look at me and I often they're like, oh, man, we don't want him. To me, going up in office, a motherfucker looking like they're ready to hop over the fucking desk to hire me and chase me out the door. Repeatedly asking me if I'm going to take the position. And, and praising and grazing, oh, we're so glad to have you here. And whoopty woo woo. And even go as far as sending me postcards through my mail with appreciation. And I was like, wow, I never received this type of energy in the blue collar world. You feel me? So, thing is, man, all my brothers and sisters out there, you know, who got them cars stacked against them. There's hope. You have to master something. Because the quality of one of the qualities of an entrepreneur is pure focus and concentration. And their mindset is mastery of everything that they indulge themselves in. How did I start one of my first lucrative businesses? which was King G Incorporated. <clears throat> Once again, I told you my uh, entrepreneur is a thinker. I was at the time, you know, when things were getting a little rough. I needed some money. So I set up and I meditate. And I thought, what can I do? What can I master right now that a lot of people don't know and that a lot of people can't do. And that was website designing. So I purely focused and concentrated on website designing. And I was able to design my own website. So what I did was I created my own first online business, which was King G Incorporated. You know, because I didn't have much money to even start a brick-and-mortar business. I barely had any less than $100 to my name. Needed a business, what I do. And I created something, you know, that basically became an online corporation. And three years later, I sold the domain of King G Incorporated. See, this is the thing. I, will, I once heard from a very successful person is that an entrepreneur is not committed to any industry or business. A true entrepreneur. And I used to hear this, I used to think that um, I was an entrepreneur because I wasn't committed to any industry or business. I thought that 
a person who was self-employed was an entrepreneur. But then when I heard that scene, I realized that, wow, whole time I thought I was an entrepreneur, but I am an entrepreneur because I'm very enterprising. I'm not the type of individual, you know what I'm saying, I'll just stay on one thing, you know what I mean, for decades upon decades upon decades. You know, life and business is like a journey for me. I go into this industry, you know what I'm saying, I'll start this business, you know, and um, I get what I need out of it. Something else catches my interest, and I sell it. And invest in another business. And many entrepreneurs have done this, you know. Donald Trump, you know what I'm saying, have done this. You know what I'm saying? Many entrepreneurs have done this. You know, so you know, they create and they expand, they create and they expand, they create and they expand. You know, Robert Johnson did it, the brother who owned B E T. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, plenty you know, plenty of the major entrepreneurs, you know what I'm saying, they do this. You know I mean? So it's a very, you know what I'm saying, likable trait. You don't get to the point where something else catch your interest, you know, and you're gonna you're gonna move on from from what you have started before, you know, sell it and create something else. And may even find yourself in a situation, you know, where <clears throat> you run in like multiple businesses at the same time. You know what I mean? And that what you're interested in that moment. If, if you're interested, if you're really very inspired to engage yourself in three industries and you bring that assertive, if you become assertive, we was mentioning one of the qualities of entrepreneur earlier, and be assertive towards that, then you can make it happen. Because right now, you know, um, I'm in, the, I'm, in, I'm in a couple of industries, you know. Um, I'm in the energy industry, you know, technology slash robotics, uh, personal care and beauty, uh, what else, you know, the education. I'm going to call that an industry. But, you know, I'm in that world. You know what I'm saying? So on and so on. You know, and um, well, see, the thing is, entrepreneurs don't care what other people think about them. You feel me? Because I just said that you start a corporation and you sell it. The average Joe not really understanding business will probably think that you sell off. Not realizing that you moved on. You know, sometimes when an entrepreneur sells their business, and not too much of them falling off. But it's more of them moving on. But as I mentioned earlier, one of the qualities of an entrepreneur is inspiration. That is very important. Another quality is discipline. But discipline is something hard for a lot of people to acquire or to practice because it takes us out of our comfort zone. 
But the only time when discipline doesn't take us out of our comfort zone is when we become inspired. When we become inspired to do something, it's like we're automatically disciplined. Discipline comes automatically with inspiration. So the key is to follow your heart and stay devoted to what you're inspired into doing, not caring about what other people think. You may be in the industry right now, and you may not you may not no longer be inspired to be in that industry. So if you stay in the industry, you're no longer inspired to be in that industry, then you got to move on from that industry. As I told you before, one of the qualities of entrepreneur is a thinker. So when you exit out of that industry, you got to exit out of that industry as a winner. Got to sell your corporation and sell your business in a way to where you don't lose. And that could be inevitable for some people. But you're a great thinker, then you should do that and become a winner. You know what I mean? So the key is, the key quality of an entrepreneur is inspiration. That is the key quality. Got to do what you're inspired. Because when you do what you're inspired about, it don't feel like work. Don't feel like torture. Don't feel like pain. You won't mind it being difficult. You could you you could go through the difficulties. <clears throat> Key mind state you have to develop is the assessment of loss, risk and failure. You know that failure is just a learning, just a, just a way we learn. If you really think, none of us haven't learned anything without failure. When you was crawling and you tried to step up and walk, you failed. You didn't walk straight the first time. That was, Every time you fell was a form of failure. When you try to do a math problem and you didn't get it right the first time, you fail. You didn't get it right the second time, you fail. The third time, you fail, but you got it right the fourth time. It's very rare that we start something and don't fail the first time or don't fail trying to learn it. You may try to learn a language. You may fail at saying it properly the first time couple of times or a few times. You know what I'm saying? She probably got into a damn fight and probably failed to win. Before you start kicking ass, you feel me so. And one thing you got to understand, sometimes you got to be like, got this idea, got this thought, 
got this dream. I'm going to go at it. I don't care about self. Because if I do, I'm going to figure out why I failed. So when I try it again, I will win. Because I I will avoid doing what made me fail in the first place. And that's the mindset you have to have. Failures become learning experience. Have to get rid of fear. The fear of loss. The fear of risk. The fear of failure. You got to get that rid of out of your mind. Another quality of great entrepreneurs is that they're optimistic. And they start something, they don't worry about the risk. They don't worry about the failure. They say, I'm going to win. I'm going to do this. All they do is think about think positive about where they're going. They think positive. They know there's no such thing of failure. There's no such thing of a loss. You know, they may take a loss, but in their mind, they're like, it's not a loss, but I'm going to get it back. So it's not a loss. You know, they be like, they don't make it failure as it being the end game, game over. They're like, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't fail. I just made a mistake. I'm about to go correct it. I'm going to go at it again, and I'm going to correct this mistake. Mistake corrected. That's their mindset. There ain't no failure. There ain't no loss. Unless I give up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and yell the floor. You know what I mean? You know, boy, to Raleigh. Y'all got anything, you know what I'm saying? Y'all want to shout out, man? Before we start opening these calls in the next five minutes, feel free. I'm good, God. Close it out. What about you, brother? You got, you got any shout outs you want to make, man? Well, I wanted to... Uh, I mean, if you got any questions before we ask anybody else some questions, we can go ahead and, uh, you know, cover that now. But just let the family know, you know what I'm saying, we're going to go ahead and open up a couple of, maybe open up a line or two uh, around 9 o'clock. I mean, so, uh, yeah, you have anything, any questions, comments, concerns? Uh, I was concerned about what the brother Terrell was talking about. Um, kind of lost me a little bit. I didn't quite understand. Well, I kind of lost myself in what he was saying. He was, he was talking about the back of the Social Security. He was saying something about the numbers. Brother Terrell, could you uh, could you could you elaborate on that a little bit uh, again for me? 
Brother Terrell? Yeah, yeah, the back of the Social Security card. There's yes. a red letter. There's some numbers, right? It's some numbers on the so, back of the back of the card. You have a, you have a card in front of you? No, I don't, I don't have one. Well, can you get one? Yeah, I could get one, but I ain't I ain't have one in, in a little minute because I, I haven't been interested in, in going going back into the workforce. I've been uh, working on independent projects for myself. All right. The back of the Social Security card has a, has a letter, a red letter, and some numbers. You said a red letter and some numbers? Yeah, each one. Okay. Now, that red letter and those numbers, if you look on the dollar bill, if you have a dollar bill in front of you, Continue on. Continue on. I'm, 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 I'm drawing this up in my mind. I, I can see it in my mind. Underneath the dollar bill, there's a seal on the dollar bill. Yeah. And it has, has a bank seal, right? Yeah. The rest of the money just says Federal Reserve Bank, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But that one says Federal Reserve Bank from Chicago, California, New York, et cetera, right? Right. Right. So, underneath that, there's a letter and the same amount of numbers. Oh, okay. All right? So that's how the money's printed. Because on the private side, the dollar bill is worth more than the 5, the 10, the 20. Say that again. Say that last part again, please. On the private side. On the private side? On the private side. Okay, the yeah. dollar bill is worth more than the five, ten, twenty, fifty, hundred dollar bill. Oh man! They just part their promissory notes. Yeah. And their debt debt notes. You feel me? Yeah. It's a negative on on a uh, like on accounting, the uh, asset liability, where it's all liability. You feel me? Yeah. Debt. So you just said, well, I'm just going to reiterate, because you just said that the dollar bill is worth more than the 50. The 50, the 100 is our promissory notes, but the dollar bill is the only on one. On the private side. On the huh? private side, it's worth, on the private side, it's worth one to an ounce of silver. It's worth what? It's worth one to an ounce of silver. On the back of it is a gold eagle, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so that's the only thing on that bill that represents any type of coin, right? Okay. And it represents a silver, uh, one ounce of silver, correct? Okay, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what it does okay. on the private side. It represents one ounce of silver. So... That's why you have to look at the unilateral contracts, the UCC one. You have to look at the 1099 OID. 1099 OID. Yeah, I mean, just look at it on your computer. It's, it's, it's public information. 1099 OID, that's, that's the uh, tax stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But I just, I, once again, IRS works for the creditor. 
So the creditor does things that the IRS, that the debtor can never do. For example, the creditor is going to get all the money back that they paid you, and you may file for W-2s like a debtor. You feel me? Yes. You're going to abandon everything from the birth certificate being abandoned property. You're going to continue to abandon the property, signing it over. Because you have, they don't give you knowledge of what to do with it, but take it to somebody and give it to somebody to get something. When in reality, that's a business that you can run yourself. Because that's all they're doing is running your business for you and charging you the debt. You feel me? Yeah. Any more questions? So, 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 yeah, yeah, I, I, I basically want to um, elaborate on this because not too long ago, me and Tarah, man, we, we were talking about this subject on a whole new, completely different level. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I mean, this is the thing, man. Um, what you got to understand, man, is that you as an individual is seen as a corporation. And in order to follow a corporation, you know, a corporation, you know, basically has certain paperwork that need to be filed. You know, um, the birth certificate is more like filing, you know, the the declaration of your your, your legal entity. You know what I'm saying? And uh, if I'm, I'm, I may not be correct, but I'm at Brother Terrell. Isn't your EIN number is more like your social security number, number Terrell? Like, 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 isn't your social security number is more like the EIN number of, of your corporation? No, nah, but the EIN number of a corporation that you give it to, that, that, that replaces the back of your social. That goes... Right, right, right. It's in the back of your social. So I know, I know it was, I know it was related to the social security card. So basically, that number in the back of your social is more like the yeah. EIN number uh, of your corporate. That's how they get in. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So, so people take that information. You know what I mean? Like people would take your security because when it comes to investing in stocks. You know, because we invest in the stock, you invest in the corporation. So people will take your security, you know what I mean, from your birth certificate, you know what I mean, and, and basically, you know what I'm saying, own shares, you know, of your corporation. So, like, literally, your your your, your birth certificate have a Q-SIP number, and that Q-SIP number is like the ticker symbol uh, in the stock market. Like people could use that that that, that Q-SIP number to like trace and identify you, the corporate entity. You know what I mean? And then, you know, saying trade a stock on on your on, on your security, which is the birth certificate, which is backed up by shares of the corporation, i.e., the human court. Now, another thing to consider is that um. Uh, um, that was something very important that I want to you know, put it too fast.
Yeah, go ahead and finish it off, no, because I kind of lost my turn of thought on that, man. I want to break up a very, very, very important point, point issue, man. But he's out here when that happens. But you know, say to go back into the phrase. Okay, the birth certificate, you know what I'm saying, is just a security. The back of the social security card, you know what I'm saying, is an EIN number. You understand, you know what I'm saying, other corporations. Okay, that's what I want to, that's what I want to bring up. Now, your name, you know what I'm saying, is sort of like the fictitious business name of your corporation. You can look at it at that sense because when you go to the city hall, or the secretary of office, and you want to start a business, you have to get that business. It's called a fictitious business name, which means that, you know what I'm saying, you have to register that name. So, you know what I'm saying, your so, so, so your name being in all caps is considered a straw man. But if you want to look at it from a business perspective, you know what I'm saying, it's the fictitious business name of your corporation, which is you. Now, there are people that also own patents of you because when you submit a patent, you have to get a license for that patent. So when you go and you register for a, a, a license or a driver license, you know what I'm saying, that means, you know what I'm saying, you're selling your patent, you know what I'm saying, to the state. Wherever, you know what I'm saying, you're getting your license, you know what I mean, your driver license or your state license from. I mean, is, is, is this stuff making some sense so far? Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Brother, uh, Terrell, he left. I think he dropped the, he dropped the room. We only got Illinois and Rhode Island. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, well, let's see, let's see if they have any um, questions. Il- Illinois, you got any questions? Yeah. Hold on. Illinois, you on the line? You got any questions? Illinois. Yeah. You got any questions? Uh, you, you got, you got any questions? The line's on you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just wanting to ask. Yeah, I was interested in um, the entrepreneurial part, but then he started telling me about the uh, secure party creditors. And I was just wondering, um, you know, how how do I go about that? Oh, you know, the secure party creditor? Yeah. Well, well, basically, um, you had to, um, you know, Talk to a brother, you know what I'm saying, who filed, you know, the, the paperwork, you know what I'm saying, for that, for that type of information. Or, you know, you, you know what I'm saying, you can uh, study that information yourself. A good source, you know what I'm saying, a good lead to get on that, you know what I'm saying, to study sovereignty or the UCC. You know what I mean? Sovereignty or the UCC. And, that, you know, that basically, you know what I'm saying, will, will be the beginning path. You know, of learning that type of information. Sovereignty of the UCC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sovereignty in the UCC. Okay. Is that... Go ahead. 
Is that a book you say? No, 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 no. UCC is um uniform commercial code. Code, yeah. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's sort of like it's not like the law. It's not the law, but you know, what I'm saying it's a protocol. You know that business and government, you know, use and then sovereignty is more like you know um, I cannot say sovereignty is more sort of. Uh, a person who who basically have immunity, you know what I'm saying, towards the law. Somebody who basically govern themselves. They're not governed, you know what I'm saying, by the state and they're not yeah. governed, you know what I'm saying, by you know, by the country. In other words, or the or federal. Federally or or statewide they're not governed, they govern themselves. Okay. Yeah, that sounds interesting because I was listening and um, he was telling me about like if I if I started a business, um, it was very interesting that uh, if I started my own business and I had to pay my pay my employees that I also can get all that money that I paid them back up to three in years. The private up to three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, that's some deep science right there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I really don't know how much, uh, how to exactly go about that, you know what I mean? I mean that's, that's a brother to talk to in regards to the sovereignty stuff. Nah. Okay. You know, anything that okay. sounds like that, I just, I just basically know the basics, you know. Yeah. I mean, it goes hand in hand with business, though, the way I'm hearing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It most definitely do. Most definitely do. You know, and, and, and most of the uh, very wealthy corporations, you know, they apply these methods towards business. You know, they mean with a lot of the moms and pops type business, you know, they don't have any acknowledgement, you know, of, of this type of science you know, in regards to economics. Yeah. What can, how can I get his information? Who, who am I supposed to talk to? Uh, you can talk to the brother who you're just on the phone call with. Um, I'm not sure. He's not on the call no more, Darnell? Yeah, he's on. He's, he's on. Uh, oh, Dr. Okay. Terrell, you, you're unmuted. Brother Terrell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been the one that you could talk to. Is Brother Terrell? Yes, yes, I can hear you, brother. All right. Okay, bro. I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. I was interested in that um, UCC stuff you was talking about. Right. Who does, like, who does your books? Your, 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 like, like, the books, you do it yourself and you have an account. Um, no, I, um, you mean my my um, taxes? Taxes. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's a daily business. Well, see, I don't have yourself? any. No, I don't have a business right now. All right. But, yeah, if you had employees and you took their social and you paid them by checks and stuff like that, yeah, after three years, that's abandoned property. So you're allowed okay. to recover it. But it's really supposed to be for them, but they turn it over to you by becoming debtors. Yeah, because they're debtors. So it's going to sit there for three years. No, because it's money. It's 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 the gross. It's the net of what you paid them. 
But it's just, you know, you and it's time three for you if you're the employer. Uh, you're the one that's uh, taking the remedy away. You feel me? The employer. Just yeah. using that example. Not literally, but you you feel what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I that do. Large companies, they pay people a lot of money. They got a big payroll, so quarterly, right? Yeah. And those people are in, in their mind, they think that they went to some work shit and they did eight hours and they got paid from the profits of whatever that company was doing. You feel me? Yeah. That's not so. Because the company's not paying them in gold and silver. The company's paying them in promissory notes that are generated from the uh, uh, debt instruments that they gave them, that they turned over to them and don't know what to do with. You feel me? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah no. From, from there all the way all the way when somebody says that they loaned you money and they did the same thing once again. So these are being filed by them. These these these, these documents are being filed by banks or whoever you get your social to. It could be a real estate agent. They don't, they don't know how to do it. But when you look at these documents unilaterally, a unilateral contract you don't need no signature. You need the information. For example, on the OID and the A, you need the EIN number of the corporation and the EIN number of the name of the person who is being incorporated. So both of those names go there. And the OID will have a payer recipient. could be a job or a bank or whatever. And then it has the the person's so-called name underneath. And then that's filed with an A that says acquisition or abandonment of secured property. So that 1099A, it says borrow or lender. And the job or the bank or whoever it was, they're the borrower and will have the person's corporation uh, name, so-called name, as the lender. And that's, that's the proof right there. If you want proof, look up those documents, prove it right there, and who, 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 who fills those documents out and, and who's allowed to fill those documents out is the creditor. Because so, yeah. people are supposed to get that money back. People are supposed to get that money back after they spend it. That's their money. That's how the people are being robbed. If you know the people are being robbed, that's the way the people are being robbed. Because they're outside of the law. Outside of the Constitution, so that whatever is done to them by what they're claiming in the debt status, they're they're agreeing to it. You feel me? Yeah. And so that yeah. is the problem. But not so. So then, all the hoopla with the reverie and the religion and all that other nonsense, just just to start trying to track a, 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 a conglomerate mindset to come into entrepreneurship without a control of, of outside entities. You feel me? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. So that's a cipher. You know, black economics, no, that's not going to happen. And if so, it's going to be a boule economic control. You know, we're going to watch over this. We're going to take uh, uh, control of this one way or the other. You know, through hooking for crook. But yeah, um, that's the banking. That That's the cipher of what People are are, are, are are turned into 
at the birth at, at the hospital with the birth certificate. And it's a lot of banking. But yeah, when you when you look the documents up, you're gonna see what it's gonna say EIN number. You put the social up there with no um no dashes and then the EIN number of whatever, if it's your job or whatever it is, you gotta put the EIN number there. Then you would mail that to the IRS and then in six weeks you get a check back. It could be like the you know, the whole year's pay. It could be a whole year's pay and for the employee it will be three years pay. But the person that's working because of the fact they're not allowed to have gold or silver, they're supposed to get that back. That's the remedy as being denied. Lack of knowledge. You see? Yeah, yeah there's no so gold or silver. So that's 1933, so there's no gold and silver. And, and, and you're supposed to be able to file for that quarterly. But by them, the corporation bringing everybody into the public, that denies them access to their remedy because they, 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 they grant it over to the corporation, whether it's the bank or the job, whoever they give the services to. Not, not understanding yeah. that that is a business within itself that, 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 take, that needs full-time attention. You feel me? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what's going on. Okay, that's uh, to articulate it properly. As a, as a business within it, within itself that needs to be uh, uh, have full attention paid to it at all times. And that's what, that's what the distraction is. And people are giving away not knowing what it is, even from childhood. In schools, it's not taught to them. When they get 18, how you doing, man? How you feeling? When when they get 18 years old, they're going to take this trust over and, and start and start executing it. That's just start setting everything off. You know, they, they they got your money when you give them the social. Even if they give you, say they give you 200000 they load up so many security bonds, 10 times that, and, and, and they're going to profit off that plus recoup whatever debt that they gave, gave out. You know, if you hit the lottery or something like that, they want your social security number. They want to deduct any, any money you got from welfare or from social security and want to take it back. You feel what I'm saying? Because it's not real money, but it comes from within you or within the human being. Turn inside out not knowing that they themselves are the money. Hmm. Okay, so so basically what you're saying, if I was a secure party creditor, that I can take advantage of my money. Yeah, well, it's not. It's, not, it's more than your money. Your money is uh, the private side is credit. So the black card that a per- that they have in the corporation name and the entity's name that they got to get the humans to uh, to state the debt them so they can put the debt on them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you say secure party, you said secure party creditor and and then these men the entrepreneurs are secure party creditors the big entrepreneurs that's why they can't be touched. Yeah, 
So, so you you say what did you say? The the black card? What did, did you say a black card or something that they held? Yeah, yeah. They try to hide that is all of these accounts is is in uh, Federal Reserve black card. You could probably still get that on the computer. The Depository Trust Clan Corporation white card and black card. You may not be able to get that on the computer anymore. They want to hush that up even more. But yeah, man, the, the accounts are in those banks that's on the money, and also down on Wall Street at the at the depository clear clear corp, excuse me, depository trust clearing corporation. So that's where where we was getting all this information from. Those are the places that need to be studied extensively. You know, what's that again? Depository Trust Clearing Corporation. Depository Trust? Yes. Depository Trust Clearing Corporation. It'll say DTCC. Okay. And, you know, that's also Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve Black Card. There's a website. Where you where you where you get all this stuff? It's on it's online, you know. So they know if you know what you're doing. You know who you are, what you are. You can go there. You get your documents to acquire these things. So there's a lot of uh, stuff with those cards. So those cards you got to get interviewed by the um, secret service. Secret service controls. The security dealing with stuff like that. But yeah, so you got to get interviewed by the Secret Service. Yeah, they have to. They got to approve you. They got to. They got to. They got to approve you. The other one, you have to go down there to Water, to Water Street and, and get a, and get an interview. Yeah, Secret Service will call you on the phone. There's different ways that they uh, approve people for black cards. He's got a black card. But you're not supposed to talk about it when you get it. Not supposed to talk about it. Is it hard, is it hard to get? No, the, the people that got it, you don't hear, hear them talk about it a lot. And people that have it on other people, they don't they don't talk about it. It just looks like they, you know, it looks like they have a, a credit. You know, because they're siphoning yours or they're siphoning the people's credit. You know, by paying people, they get paid. They get paid to pay people. You would never know it. Like one person, I, I know, the human resources told him they wasn't making no money on his bond because he had a lien on it, meaning that he had a UCC. And the UCC, uh, in the bond market, the highest bondholder has to get paid first. So when people file UCCs, they file a UCC in their national name, and then they'll have a government name there, and the the bounty, you know, or what's owed, you know, you know they, they, they sue just like everybody else does a UCC on you. You can sue your straw man if it's not you. You, your straw man owes you more money than everybody else is trying to say that they owe, uh, 
Yeah. The straw man owes money or your corporation owes money and they're trying to say, is that you? So you can pay us or no? Now that's not you. And that owes you for pain and anguish and whatever whatever else. Uh, that owes you more money than everybody for that. That's on the UCC and you file that. And that makes people go away because they know whatever they uh, whatever they try to collect, then you're entitled to get that first before they can collect it. Wow. You understand, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, okay. That's 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 how it's done. Because when you file a UCC and say your name is I'm, a, I'm just using an example, say you have a, a government named David Patterson. Well, shit, you're gonna sue David Patterson, Ahmed El Bay. Ahmed El Bay is gonna sue David Patterson. And he's gonna have uh a hundred a hundred uh hundred million dollars in gold and silver. And that's what that's what you're, you're you know now that's what you're owed. You feel me? Yeah. So, so now wow. that you're owed, that who who wants to try to collect any debt from anything from you? They don't mess with you. They and and, and you're the you're the highest bondholder, so you're controlling that corporation now. Okay. You know, thirty mile L. Uh, 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 you've been totally screwed. It's just on the YouTube. Uh, hmm. Sister Myra L. M Y R A E L. Myra L. Yeah, yeah. Myra L. She's also on Phil Valentine Lockdown USA, but you can't see her on that. But she's she's the one that uh, first first went public with this, and you know people that go public with with with, with knowledge like this, and you find them way. To take them off the planet, so that's what we're dealing with there. But that's where that comes from. And that's what knowledge, knowledge itself, within international shrine of my eye, and um, that's the angle that you that 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 you want to take for your party creditor, because that's yours, and then. The IRS will give people a uh, secure party creditor, the Ahmed L. Bay. They get an EIN number for David Patterson. You feel me? From you say get an EIN? No, you do Just when the person is doing their, their, their creditor papers, uh-huh. when they have all that, in, when they got all that in place, then the IRS. They said we were using an example, Ahmed El Bay and then this David Patterson, right? Yeah. So they said, yeah, well, Ahmed El Bay is now the creditor. So he get an EIN number from the, from, the, from the IRS for his business. You feel me? Yeah. Because everybody else that you, that you did the social to, they got an EIN number for you. Are you feeling me? Yeah, I'm hearing you, yeah. And it's employee identification number. So now, shit, you can get one too because everyone else you gave the social to got one. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. Once you gave the social, they 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 owned you. They, they you know they 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 can do contracts now without your signature. They ask you for your signature once. In Latin, sig means no. You feel me? No nature. Wow. So when you when you put put your name down there, you put by. You could give them, you can give them an autograph. You don't have to give give your signature. You feel me? 
Yeah. So if your name is David Patterson, if you're doing business like that, you put by David Patterson because that's the autograph. You feel me? Yeah. The corporation logo is the autograph. But that's a corporation when you see it in all capital letters, and you didn't make that corporation, so that's to make you suspicious as to what is going on with that. How did that happen when the, when the people are sending you mail, those are offers in the mail, and then you say, okay, uh, David Patterson, you want this damn uh, a credit card. I mean, you see your name, capital letter, grammatically correct. You stop them back and say, oh, I want this credit card. Yeah, you send sit back, and next thing you know, they send back a bill, and your name is in all capital letters. You feel me? Yeah. And you're getting charged from your own trust. A credit card is a ripoff. You feel me? Yeah. So now you see what I'm saying, because everybody's living off the African-American craze. That's why when you lock African-American up and, and, and Hispanic Latino lock them up and live off that craze. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. That's the jail system. So, That's the prison system. Yeah, because, yeah, you go to jail, you make, what, you get 10 cents an hour? I get 10 cents an hour. Get great, hard as feel. Whatever you do, you're not getting paid that much. But but, but they say you pay the debt to society. It's a, it's a, a bond created for the crime you commit. That's why I'm, the biggest business is prison. Mm-hmm. Invested in prison. And then you got... Uh, corporations created in prison with people make lockers and bends and all that shit, right? Yeah. yeah. Who gets paid? Who gets paid, man? For 20 years making the damn locker, and how much is he getting paid? Nothing. <laughs> wow. Can't get that job. Can't get that job in the public. But they cost already to get the job. You feel me? Yeah. So yep. that's what that's, that's the matrix. That's the cipher in the matrix. But yeah, uh, Myra L., you've been totally screwed. Prince Uriel Bay, uh, Axis Conscious Grid Changes. You know, um, and then there's a, there's a site called Creditors and Commerce. That's got information. You have to study all that. And, uh, Predators and commerce. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's, that's another thing. Can you, you have to also take this to Albion? Because they are heavily into it. Well, yeah, well, they're heavily into it. Yeah. If we're not going to do it, they're going to do it, right? Hey, uh, uh, yep. Terrell, Terrell, Terrell. Yes? Uh, uh, you kind of got to go lightweight, because I don't think these brothers know what an Albion is. <laughs> I, I know you're talking about that Caucasian, ain't it? Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Because I heard I somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, all right, all right, all right. Well, it wasn't clear to me. I was, I was kind of confused. I was like, what is the Albion? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, phrase, we, we phrase that term Albion, man. You know what I mean? Like, Kind of go lightweight, guy. You know what I'm saying? You're talking to some, some, some newcomers with this info, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, yeah, I, I'm interested in that uh, secure party creditor because that, that sounds pretty dope right there. Like, if you can get stuff from um, 
like Jack Smith is the name that you would want to listen to. If you can find that. He said Jack Smith. Yeah, that'll be accredited as a comment they got somewhere. Because, I mean, man, this, I this stuff, this stuff, it's things that you listen to me. Never would, you know, fathom overstanding like one one of those uh, classes. The guy goes through the Bible, right? Yeah. And the, yeah. the Bible is a trust. And they just, the whole Bible, like it was banking, yo. That was a crazy, that was a crazy class. And they were saying, what is the first tax? They was talking about Cain and Abel was the first tax. And, and, and they were they were uh, bringing things out of, out of that book that people, no, no preacher ever, ever, ever would show anybody. If, if they know it, you feel me? It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And it had to do with the trust. And, and that's how the laws is, is structured around that, you feel me? Yeah, but they know that a lot a lot of people don't understand understand the Bible that they read or that they have in terms in terms of all of the codes or the different uh, uh, codes that's in that book. Besides how they use it to uh, uh, blind people religiously, you feel me? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's the big problem right there. Because the day that they really in, and if you listen to that, even 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 in the book itself, it was found that they're not showing people what what it means or, or what it was supposed to mean. They already flipped the geography of the book called the King James Bible, which is about the North and South America. And they say it's about, about the Middle East and all that stuff over there. So they already flipped that around. And the other things that they are able to do, they can hide all, all of the different leaders and codes that's embedded in that book for them to uh, 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 control and dominate what they call a race, you know, because they 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 they, they, they have white supremacy that they want to run with. And bring back and have on the table. You feel what I'm saying? So they can suck off energy. And this is the biggest energy sucker is the knowledge lacking about this banking of the people because they shoot out young boys or young women, young men, excuse me, and they shoot them down and they'll never go to jail because the status of the person is more uh, in a sovereign capacity than the person that really supposed to be the sovereign that's been told they come from Africa as they land. So since the Albion is Caucasian, you know, since they uh, have established through the church that we came from over here on a boat and, and, and through the church and the mosque, and we came over here on a boat uh, in fifteen fifteen. You know, so, and, and and that's how we got to this land. So then, this is not our land because the European borders. That's a lie. The seal on the left side is the Moorish seal, says the Great Seal, 
He says, the power is transferred to the right side of Roman evil under the recess of the United States. So it's not supposed to have two seals. And, and you can see what, what is your seal uh, is on the left side of the dollar bill. So being told that you come from Africa on the boat after 1492, not, and, that, and I'm giving knowledge of that that's your seal, then that's robbing you of your culture, uh, culture, culture knowledge, wisdom, understanding of who you really are, and being uh, uh, shifted into false, uh, 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 fictional uh, statuses that are that are sub, that are subhuman, and not being recognized as human by not having the nationality. Mm. Yeah, see, yeah. So, okay. Now, do do you, okay, you know pretty much about this uh, nationality and this uh, secure party credit. Do you do any services? No. I, I don't do any services right now. Too many people that do services, they charge too much money. But people do. Different places you go. Now, of course, it depends on, on, on what, you want, what you want to do, doing who you want to deal with. You go to a temple, you go to a temple, and they'll, they'll offer you services. You know, like temples, they got different temples. Nolodrali Temple. Um, yeah. And then you got you got Washington Nation. Uh, that's I'm a chief in the Washington Nation. You know, and there's people that do services for that. Uh, you got Thunder Clan Nation. You got land people, people more than just deal with the land. So I have a, I don't have a temple for you to come to or build building or or day for you to come meet me so I can give you knowledge or any dues for you to pay. Um, as the temple, that's how they build out of Chicago. Um, so it depends on what direction you want to deal. And understand, um, let me tell you this, though. Um, I'm a landlord. More than the temple, they, they're not really allowed to have, have they trust and do all that stuff. And the temple, really only the sheik and his wife and maybe the secretary will have that. Everybody doesn't have that. Uh, but if you deal with uh, feel an indigenous Aboriginal more from the land, then that's probably the services you have to deal with. Or you have to get all that. But you have to stand on your own square more, you feel me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the Temple Moors don't too much deal with the uh, secure party credit, only the chic, huh? Okay. Because that's what you said. 
the land is your is your is your property. You feel me? Yeah. You don't you don't really really have a temple besides the one in your body. You're dealing with all natural. Robert Jali got the land back and he was killed. Uh you went to the Pan African Conference. Excuse me, Pan American Conference in Cuba. They hired records of this, but he got the, he got the land back, and then uh, the stock market crashed. So the Rothschilds never pulled all their money out, and um, they killed him. But that's who, who brought, uh, what, what, that was that case. a black man? Huh? That was a, that was a, a brother of rich distinction. That was a brother they killed. They killed over Jali. Yeah. Lovely Jolie, she that's what I'm saying. You, what was his um, name? I'm, I'm I'm trying to write it down. They had Noble Jolie. They had, they had, Noble they, had, they had pictures of Fort Mahomet. Yeah, his birthday. And Fort was in the uh, Morris. I thought we were supposed to have him on the show. No. No, 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 no. Noble Terrell Arlene Bay is who we is who we got hosting the show. Noble Drew Ali is on the oh. founder of the Morris Nation, Morris Science Temple of America. And he like one of the original Moors, you know, of um you know, in America, basically. Yeah, Noble Drew Ali. Because he took his money out the stock market. He exposed them. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, brother Terrell, man, you want to share some light about uh, Noble Draw lead to these brothers? All right. All right. Oh. Okay. Noble Jolly. Noble Jolly was born. Danny. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we start, do we do we still got um, Providence, Rhode Island on the call? Mm, yeah, Rhode Island. I... Yeah. 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 Oh, okay, okay. You see, unmuted. Yeah, I just meet him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 if you got any questions or comments, brother, go ahead and uh, feel free, man, because I want this to be an interactive session right now. Yes, uh, you were talking about how, yeah, you were talking about how most young kids are in, you know, these these crews and these gangs, and they they are being misled and they're being dictated by the older the older kids now. Do you think that as a community, as a whole, as one black nation, we can do something to reach out to these kids to grasp them as as young as as they are and as you know, just to get them out of that of that dictatorship so they won't be put in the ditch where they can't climb out of. When they yeah, do um, recognize what they're doing, that's wrong. 
right, all right. Well, 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 well. First thing first. I mean, not to cut you off, no, but I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and let you do what you do, man. But we, we kind of had this brother, you know, what I'm saying, in the darkness for a minute. All right. So, so, so that, so to answer your question, brother. Uh, first, first thing we gotta do, man. We gotta have more of an influence on the youth, man. You know, what I'm saying then. Than gang violence, man. I mean that first and foremost. But you know, see the reason why they do gravitate gravitate towards gangs because when they look in their community, that's that's where they see the power at. You know what I'm saying? They see the power in the gangs. You know and I mean, they see the wealth. You know what I'm saying? The gang members because in California, you know what I'm saying, the drug dealers are the gang members as well. You know what I'm saying? So. I mean, they they look at their parents, you know, and their parents, you know, fucking poor. I mean, their parents, you know what I'm saying, is afraid of the fucking gangsters. You know what I mean? So if you're a child growing up and you see individuals, you know what I'm saying, more wealthy, more powerful than your parents, then that's what you're going to have to gravitate towards. So it's kind of like collectively, you know, us as Nubian people, man, we got to step our game up. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, it's too many of our people living in poverty. You know what I'm saying? And while you're living in poverty, you know what I'm saying, you, you can't really influence your children as much. You know what I mean? And you know, the, the power that you have is limited. You know, so you know, a lot of people like to say, you know what I'm saying, the solution is, is unity and this, that, in the third degree. But really, you know what I'm saying, the solution to a lot of our problems, man, is economics, man. You know what I'm saying? Like our people, they neglected economics. And the only economic form of economics that we do, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, embrace is either the damn welfare system that the government got set up for us, you know what I'm saying, or the street economics. You know what I mean? And then you got a small portion of us, maybe in entrepreneurship, you know what I'm saying, in the in the blue collar world and things of that nature. But you know, the, the youth in the ghetto, the majority thing they gravitate gravitate towards, you know what I'm saying, is the shit that the government got for them, which is handouts, which is enough money, you know what I'm saying, to make you not get nowhere. You feel me? In the street economics. You feel me, which they use as a trap, you know what I'm saying, to keep our people suppressed. So so did that answer your question? Yes. Yeah. So, so to put it in a nutshell, man, we got we got to create jobs, man. In order to create jobs, we got to become entrepreneurs. In order to become successful entrepreneurs, we have to understand economics. Feel me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Mhm. So yeah, Terrell, you you you're gonna um, go ahead and tell them what about. Um, Drew, no, Ali, right? I mean, Drew Ali. Yeah, well, um, people got to study that. Put that yeah, in yeah, yeah, you'll find out. I'm going to give them a little bit. Of, I'm going to give them a little bit. I know we got, he was born in North Carolina. And, um, we saw the Morris Times Temple of America in 1913. And this dealt with being a more more science, nationality, law. This is in uh, 
over in the east in the north of Chicago. Very powerful in Chicago. Got the land back. And then when you got the land back, stop market crash. And they went after him and knocked him off. Um, yeah, Ma. And that's, you know, that's an overview of going and study because he used to be studied like uh, right before Elijah Muhammad emerged and Obadiah Ali was killed. I should let y'all know, give you a sense of where that yeah. goes. Yeah, yeah, I could go. I could go ahead and add my little, you know, what I'm saying, nice tender to the game. Like, don't Drew know about Lee, man. He was, uh, you know, had a Cherokee father, you know, and uh, I guess you could say African American mother, so called. But he was a, he was one of the first brothers that identified, you know, the land to African Americans. He basically let us know that, um, you know, all of us. African Americans didn't necessarily come from Africa. A lot of us, you know what I'm saying, was already here. You know what I mean? In America. And what they did what they did was they they divided us. You know what I'm saying? They called they called the um light skinned more, you know what I'm saying, Latinos or Hispanics or Spanish. And then the dark skinned more, you know what I'm saying, they said that we came from Africa. You feel me? But, I mean, if you really look into history, you'll see that, you know, that, you know, that melanated people was here before Columbus. Columbus even wrote in his journal, you know, that he's seen, uh, you know, saying people with, with Ethiopian-type features, Ethiopian-type skin, and stuff in that nature. You feel me? So, uh, basically, Joe Drew Nobali was the one who let us know that, you know, we are we are indigenous to this land. We are that African Americans are the indigenous people of this land, and that we really not African Americans. We're not black. We're not colored. Our actual term to call us is more. You know what I mean? And they killed him for that. Well, I mean, I don't I, I don't necessarily know. Know why they kill them. That's probably partially the reason, but I'm pretty sure it's a lot deeper than that. I think the the main the, the main reason why they killed them because he got the land back. He was basically getting ready to defeat the government. Just like the same reason why Michael Mess got you know say got assassinated because he was getting ready to defeat the government. He was going to take the United States government to the world court. You know what I'm saying? And Drew Nobali. I mean, he was getting land back. He was taking land away from the Caucasians. You know what I mean? So these oh. brothers had mastermind moves, man. They're, they're, you know, a lot of these brothers who got assassinated, man, they was going to take away. And they feel like you're going to take away the fucking nation. They will, they will assassinate you. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And they feel like Martin Luther King going to take away the nation based off his influence. That brother had way too much of an influence. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, like, like King had the power of having people do you know what I'm saying? What he wanted them to do. To go where he wanted them to go. And they assassinated King because King kind of woke the fuck up. He talked to Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad, you know what I'm saying, crushed, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, that, that, that European nice Christian belief that he had. You know what I'm saying? And 
that, you know what I'm saying, he was getting ready to unite with the Muslims, and the Muslims was already radical. So they're like, damn, you look at King influence, and they get ready to unite with the Muslims, and you look at fucking Marco Max influence, and Marco Max a fucking mastermind, and we don't kill these motherfuckers. Yeah, they're like, we don't, they're like, we don't kill these two brothers. Niggas is going to take this country off. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's the same thing with, with, with Drew Noble. They didn't assassinate him. You know what I'm saying? Like, we wouldn't even be, you know, you'll see niggas having states to themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Minneapolis, nigga, this sucks. You know what I mean? So, you know. So, that's basically what happened. Yeah, so, so whenever they kill a black man, ain't too much about him coming with the truth. It's more about him taking shit over, because a lot of niggas out here spitting the truth, and they ain't died, you know what I mean, Phil Valentine, he's been spitting that truth for 30 years, you know, Dr. Arlene Bay been spitting that truth for like 20 years, you know what I mean, I mean, I mean fucking uh, Deborah Blair, you know what I'm saying, he died giving our people the truth, you know what I mean, so it ain't really about you spitting the truth, it's about you getting ready to take over this motherfucking nation, you know, plenty of times the African is I mean, us Africans in America, what I like to call us, you know what I'm saying? Well, plenty of time, man, when, when we was going to take over this fucking nation. Plenty of time. You know what I'm saying? You had to put it all in a nutshell. Yeah. So, would you say that influence is, is the dangerous, is, is just as dangerous as uh, taking action? Influence is power. You feel me? Influence is power, and you know what I'm saying when you got influence, aka power. Um, shit, you can use. I mean, you dictate action. You know what I mean? You dictate action. I mean, I mean, you had the power to to to, to have. You know what I'm saying? People act the way you want them to act. And, and and that's the type of the, that's the type of power that the government wants. The government wants us to act like fucking slaves. That's I mean, it. how y'all doing? Want us to act like good fucking slaves? Yeah, somebody said they were gonna elaborate. So I thought I heard somebody in the background said they was gonna elaborate or something. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, man. Illinois, you got anything to say? Oh, Rhode Island, you got anything? You, you got anything you want to add? No, we good. All right, but now, I guess we, I guess we call it a wrap, man. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody got any more questions or comments to make. Just go ahead and wrap this up. So, you know, everybody everybody have a good evening, man. I appreciate y'all calling in. You know what I'm saying? And appreciate y'all brother's help. All right. Peace. Have a good show. All right, brother. Peace. All right. Peace. <laughs>
Dr. Terrell. Dr. Terrell. Dr. Terrell. Can you um, press end? I think you were the host. Hosted by Rothentic Media. Well, I was the host. You don't have to end the call.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.